For over 500 straight weeks, the Sell More Book Show has brought you self-publishing news, tools, and tips, and we're just getting started. Now with rotating co-hosts from the greatest minds in self-publishing, we are truly ready to help you sell more books. I'm Brian Cohen, and on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sell More Book Show, episode 507. I'm Brian Cohen from Best Page Forward, joined by Becca Syme from the Better Faster Academy. Hey, Becca, how are you? I am great. I am in a warm climate for the winter, <laughs> and that is like the best ever. Love it. I, I saw some recommend. of your pictures. I, I, yeah. I, I'm in a semi-warm, but not as warm as you, climate. And I was uh, a little, a little jealous. But I mean, it's awesome. You, you deserve that nice, warmer climate. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm excited of to be course. here. Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, when I started thinking about having a couple of shows here at the 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 kind of bookends for 20 end of 2023 beginning of 2024 a lot of folks in the industry very much uh and myself included respect and value your thoughts on where self publishing is headed uh the the internal and external things that authors are considering uh, uh as they evaluate this year and go into next year and i thought no better person than you Oh, thank you. I'm excited. I love wrap-ups and starts, so this is perfect. <laughs> oh, good. And you are one of the speakers at my self-publishing live event coming yes. up in October. Um, we have I, – I didn't know how many tickets we'd sell. We have more than half of the tickets sold to our relatively intimate event uh, in October. Selfpublishinglive.com. If you want to see Becca and me, and go to North Carolina, there's also a virtual option. If you don't want to go to North Carolina, uh, you you can at selfpublishinglive.com. So yeah. And even though we don't have the same preference in college basketball teams, it is oh, okay. We or, do now though. We do. Oh, this is the this so is the it's official. You've you've moved. I have moved. The only reason I was a Duke fan was because of Shashevsky. Like he okay. was really my like sort of coaching idol. Yeah. Um. And I am not in general a Duke fan. Like I'm not a fan of of Duke as an organization. Yeah. Uh, I am much prefer UNC, but because of Shashevsky was always a rival. And Hubie Davis <laughs> is amazing. And yeah. so I am a newly minted Carolina fan, which I never thought I would say in my entire lifetime. But That's I'm awesome. actually more excited to go to Chapel Hill than I would have been to go to wherever it is that Duke is located that I've repressed. I can't even Durham, remember Durham, very, anymore. very, very close. <laughs> yeah, I don't say the word anymore. I'm not Yeah, oh, my goodness. Um, well... That's awesome. There's a cool little, I haven't visited there myself, a cool little UNC basketball museum at the stadium. So I'm uh, so excited. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to talk about that more. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to have you there to host you there. And yeah, I, I mean, you've got so much great stuff. Better Faster Academy is amazing. Your dear writer, you need to quit. Books are amazing. Um, 
going into the end of the year, I mean, I know you've got some new stuff coming up in 2024. Uh, what, what are you like? I know it's, it's crass to recommend your own things, but what, what do you <laughs> recommend folks kind of start with when they're, when they're like, Ooh, Becca sounds cool. So if you haven't heard of me before, I would probably start with the quick cast, just the, okay. the YouTube channel, the pot and which is now also on audio. Um, the easiest way to know if you're going to identify with anything that I say is to consume content first, like just to see yeah. if you like my perspective. Um, so the quick cast is probably the best, uh, which uh, is now, like I said, is also on audio, which the last time I was here, we promised that and now we've delivered. So yeah, you can find us on like Spotify and all the places now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. People love to listen to things in different places. We started going yeah. over to YouTube for the very same reason. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in reverse. So that's great. Definitely, folks, go check out QuickCast wherever audio and video is consumed. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. And for my side, the five-day author ad profit challenge returns on January 17th. I have no idea what number this is. Number maybe <laughs> 16 or 15 that we've done it. Um, you can join to get brand new videos because I'm re-recording them next week. and. Free support at authorsadvertise.com. Whoop, whoop. Nice. Yeah. And Becca, I'm not going to hold you to come into it. You've got plenty of stuff going on. (laughs) Although, to be fair, that is one of my goals this year is to try to do more, uh, uh, more better uh, (laughs) tactics with my AMS ads. I worked on Facebook ads a couple of years ago. I feel like AMS ads might end up being my 2024 goal. So we'll see. Oh, that'd be so cool. Well, if I do see in there, I will say hi. Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) I love brand new videos. So have fun recording those. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited too. So let's get into previous week's question. I'm sure you'll have some thoughts on this too, Becca. So based on the success authors have had with Kickstarter in 2022, 2023, do you think you'll plan one? For 2024, Caribou Buziak said, I hope to try another campaign later in 2024. The first in 2021 was close to funding, but it didn't quite cross the finish line. Oh, that's tough. For this next one, I'm going to try to set a smaller goal of 500-ish instead of 2,500. It'll be an easier target to try for. And if it funds, then I'll have a chance to follow through the fulfillment and learn about that. And I'm sure fulfilling a smaller campaign for my first one will be much Less stressful. I love that caribou. Second comment over to you, Beck. Sean Stevenson said, I don't think I will go the Kickstarter route. I'm writing children's and middle grade fiction, which doesn't seem to be quite the right audience for a Kickstarter. I am keeping an eye on it, though. Mm. Nice. Mm. I have seen a couple children's book authors have some success on there. Yeah, I actually funded two different children's books this year. Really? Um, so I might I might QTP that. Not that I'm trying to convince anybody to do Kickstarter if they don't want to, but yeah. if that's the only reason you're not, I, I've seen several children's books fund well on there. Good old question. The premise. Gotta love it. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then Callan Jones said, no, writing the next book is plenty at the moment. And that is perfectly fine, yep. Callan. Yep. Awesome. Becca, you doing any Kickstarters in 2024? Oh, yeah. 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 At least one. Um, There's a possibility that we'll do two. We've been doing this um, kind of a 
trajectory of doing author games, like uh, mm. card decks uh, and games that you play. I'm just I put actually some up. This I put this, you know, the stuck lists yeah. are in the back there. The stuck list. I love it. We're, um, we did one this year that is a game that you actually play. So it's not just like a, a deck that you use um, more like tarot, but it's a game that you actually play. And I'm just about to do fulfillment this week. Uh, so I'm really excited for that. But yeah, we're for sure going to do um, Kickstarters. What about you? Are you going to do one in 2024? I've thought about it. I've definitely thought about it. There's so much, so much going on. I think this year I really realized I don't run one business. I run four businesses that work together. And yep. that makes me uh, run into struggles whenever I try to add something new because, oh, wait, I already have four businesses. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they all have to be managed, right? Like you've got to keep yeah. running all of them. Yeah, I can't just let them do themselves because that yeah. doesn't work so well. But but I, I have thought about it because I, I enjoy the process of setting them up because I enjoy marketing. Um, right. I just so much about marketing, but I, uh, I don't love how much of my time and effort it takes up for the, the month that I'm running it. Yeah. It's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. So if you have other Kickstarter uh, comments there, go to somewherebookshow.com comment section uh in our summer book show after party as well and you could get your answer read on the air by me and someone else uh which is always very exciting well becca are you ready for today's top story i am awesome so top story for today a little bit of a cheat the year in review AI, direct selling, and personalized career planning are some of the biggest stories of 2023, according to our previous episodes of the show. Whether it's AI narration, AI book marketing, or AI writing assistance, everyone in the author community has discussed the ills and excitement behind artificial intelligence throughout the year. As KU Pages read, payments went down and account closers shot up. Success stories in direct selling inspired authors to use tools like Shopify and WooCommerce to sell books directly from their own websites. And lastly, more authors than ever are talking about Clifton Strengths and the Enneagram, with many openly discussing their types and numbers these days. These authors and teachers like Becca Syme and Claire Taylor regularly discuss how knowing their strengths and type help them write better, faster, or simply just keep their sanity. So, um, Becca, obviously we're, we're going to have things to talk about with strengths and, and yeah. typing later. Um, AI direct selling, man, it feels like everyone's got an opinion. And when it comes to AI, uh, if your opinion is different than their opinion, problems can arise. Yeah. Yeah. Really I mean, it's really tough. <laughs> It's hard. It's it's going to be hard to exist, I think, in a world that was the way that it was, because it's just not that old world anymore, right? It's kind of similar to the pre-pandemic and post-pandemic world. Like there, it's mm -hmm. it's hard to only exist in a mindset that has not been disrupted. And so, the quicker I think we can get into a space where we're willing to think through and understand. Um, how disruption works and to adapt however we can, I think is going to be better um, yeah. for us. Uh, not, 
not no one no one is owed your opinion about anything. I think there is an element of it's okay to come to your opinion, especially because it feels like all of the stuff that I've seen about AI recently is like it's changing. There are things we don't know yet. There are things we don't yeah. understand. We don't know how the laws are going to work. We don't know if more ethical versions of it are going to emerge. Like we don't understand a lot of it because we're still so early in the curve. And so I think a lot of the discussions about AI also tend to be, we need to make a decision because we need to know everything right now. And I would say, let's everyone have our opinions. And also let's always be looking for new information. And let's always be willing to consider more than what we have already considered previously. Because the more we stop and, uh, and close ourselves off to any kind of Uh, relationship or question or thought, the more likely we are to miss whatever we need to do to pivot into the new version of the publishing industry. And that is not a, right. Like that's not a pro or anti. It literally is. Every single person is going to be in a different space on the continuum, but we are all also going to move because this is just how adoption curves work. Everyone is going to move in their opinion on this topic over the course of the next four years that the adoption curve has to go all the way through all of its cycles. And just us understanding that it's okay to keep learning and talking. um, What I think we can't afford to do anymore is not talk about it. Like, I don't think we can afford to just hope that it's going away or hope that everyone is going to be on our side or my side. We have to be willing to stay in touch with our own internal emotional security and stay in touch with what we believe and what we understand and also engage with people and try to come to some kind of a place where we can all have an opinion about this. And and either you're not going to talk to people anymore Mm. who believe differently from you that I'm fine with that. Do whatever you have to do, but we can't just keep not talking about it. We can't just keep ignoring it. It's got to be part of the discourse. I think makes me think about how, when I um, uh, started doing improv comedy in North Carolina, and then I moved to Chicago to do improv comedy originally. And I was very much in, in the school that I was taught in and in very much uh, in the way, in the way over there. Uh, in Chicago at Improv Olympic. Improv was its own art form and improv used to create writing as is done in Second City, as is done at Saturday Night Live is an abomination. And uh, (laughs) as I was there for, for more and more time, as I started doing some sketch comedy and realizing that that improv could lead to some really fun writing, I, I changed my opinion on it, even though I was kind of brought up in that way. And and learning that and understanding that helped me actually to write my first book. It helped me to where I literally kind of used improv-ish prompts as writing prompts. And so I would not have become an author probably if I had stayed fixed in my mindset about the the possibility that I might change my opinion over time. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you if you're not familiar with the organizational growth curve or the idea uh, the idea diffusion curve, right? There are going to be some people who it takes longer to get out of the fixed mindset. 
But I do think we'll eventually all at some point get to a place where we can all have conversations about it just because I think initially people are so resistant to change in either direction, whatever it is. And, and there is always going to be, as we live into this experience together, there's always going to be new things that come up and new, new people talking about it um, and, and trying to understand it and trying to do trying to correct some of the problems that we've seen in the past, right? Trying to do it differently, trying to be ethical, trying all of these different things. Like there, there's so much possibility um, in how we can adapt in the future as a industry, um, regardless of what stance you take about it, right? Mm. Like regardless of whether you use it or not, regardless of whether you think it's ethical or not, there's just so much potential for us to still all coexist together and move forward into a better publishing future together. Um, And I know that's my personality talking, but I just, (laughs) I really believe that it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as a number two positivity strength over here, (laughs) I am, I'm all about us working together and being a strong community together. I want to move into a hot potato wisdom here, Becca. Yeah. So, as we tie this year together a little bit, are there certain strengths that tend to favor using AI tools and being open to AI tools and, or even strengths that cater to going direct and setting up those kinds of stores? Yes, for sure. Like I'm going to caveat this with not all people trend toward their type, right? Like there's always people who are slightly different. So this is not predictive. But for the most part, the people that I see having an easier time using AI, like just in general, are people who are either futuristic or learner. And mm. part of the reason is because they naturally exist. Uh, like it's it's no shock, for instance, that jo- Joanna Penn is extremely dominant and futuristic, who's been yeah. talking about AI for five years already and who's trying <laughs> to kind of cast forward Um, And help everyone understand that this is a curve and it's a disruption and we can get through it and normalize, right? That's what futuristics are great at. And a lot of the people that are more dominant and futuristic have an easier time with change because they can see it coming so much earlier uh, and they end up being a little bit, a little bit more friendly to the adoption curve. Um, And then learners in general, even learners who consider it to be unethical, like consider any one individual tool to be unethically produced, learners still have a little easier time with new tools in general, because they are curious by nature. Mm. And so they tend to approach topics with a natural curiosity rather than making assumptions about something. Um, And so those two, for sure, the ones that I see the most consistently being like having an easier time approaching the topic and thinking about the disruption. Um, And then of course, you know, with AI in particular, um, anyone who has a lot to lose, like anyone who is being uh, either who is afraid of losing a future that they can currently see for themselves, um, any kind of disruption, it doesn't matter if it's AI or whatever, it could be 
KU, it could be anything. Yeah. Um, people with a lot to lose are always going to be more afraid of the future than those who aren't. And so that's also, you know, a reasonable emotional place to be is feeling like you're not sure what's going to happen in a disruption and you have a lot to lose if things get disrupted. It's reasonable that you would be not excited about the disruption. Like, yeah, it's just normal. So, yeah. but yeah, there's definitely some trends there. Yeah. And that totally makes sense. It, 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 it's scary. If you feel, if you have felt secure to suddenly not feel secure. Yep. And that's, yeah, that's what some people. And not everyone can through. name that. Right. Like not everyone knows what that feeling is. They just know that they don't like it or they don't trust it or, um, or there, or it feels uncertain. Right. So sometimes we, we look at the outcome of what we're getting and, and we don't understand how natural and normal the feelings that we're having are because we don't have that objective perspective. Mm. Um, which is again, one of the reasons, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge fan of Clifton Strength. <laughs> and what? It's one of the reasons I am such a big fan of it is because it gives us a language to talk about what's different between us in a way that is non-judgmental. Mm. Like somebody who doesn't understand positivity can listen to me or Brian describe what positivity is and see like, oh yeah, I get why you would not want to go to a critical place first when you're talking about ideas. Like I get why you would want to just think about all the possibilities and all, isn't this cool? And let's not go to the critical place yet because your positivity cycle isn't finished yet. Right. So rather than me, because I'm not wired that way, being judgmental about the way that someone else thinks I can be curious and understand them and, and maybe let them be who they are and they're not hurting anybody. Like let them be that way. Yeah. Um, and and that is one of the reasons why I think having these conversations is so important because understanding changes everything. It just changes everything. I love that. Understanding changes everything. Becca sign. So um, <laughs> Becca, I think you got a hot potato wisdom question for me in here. I do. I do. So you have been getting more into Enneagram and strengths this year as well, yes. which is not surprising given who you hang out with. Um, <laughs> but what has learning more about your strengths and Enneagram helped you understand about your writing and your business in 2023? Well, I definitely think that uh, I'll start with Enneagram because uh, Claire and I hung out a lot these last couple of years is just yeah. kind of seeing this uh, sort of achiever slash helper uh, achiever with a helper wing kind of try to navigate this desire to always keep doing more, always try to do more, always hit goals and go beyond them and move the goalposts and realizing that that isn't necessarily leaning into the the higher level version of myself has kind of helped me relax that a little bit and realize, okay, well, I can have some things I want to achieve, but I don't have to achieve uh, uh dominance in everything because I do have competitive as as one of my strengths as well. And uh and so I, I do think that um I have learned that setting goals is helpful for me. Uh but I also can't go myself into oblivion because I think I think I can do it all and be it all and and everything, which is why I have the four businesses. And so yeah. I I'm realizing a lot more that 
um, I, I can celebrate my wins and I can really make sure that I am uh, uh, helping people in a way that is not detrimental to myself. Because a lot of, uh, I mean, I've le- read a lot of literature on, you know, the helpful Hannahs of the world and, and thinking about like, oh, well, if we're always helping other people, we never take care of ourselves. But also achievers don't always take care of themselves either because they keep trying to push and push and push and push. So I have some nice double whammies of people who don't take care of themselves. Yeah. Me. And so I've learned a lot about trying to emphasize my self-care. I've really leaned into exercise and diet this year and, and really it, it's given me a lot more energy, but I have also learned so much from Claire. You don't have to fill the space once you have it. And it's, and it's a constant fight I have and, and I am still working on it, but I do think that I have gotten better at taking on all the responsibilities, all the hats, and I think the business and the writing and my life have been better for it. Mm, I love that. Good work, Claire. Good job. Yeah. And to you too, obviously. Uh, learning more about strengths came from you and your team as well. Yeah. But, but yes, Claire, Claire's rubbed off on me in a good way. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. she has. So, and all of us. Yeah. And all of us. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. So we might have to be extra lightning-y this lightning round, which is okay because we you know, we, I want the people to hear you talk, Becca, but, um, we do need to make some lightning noises. Now, yes. if you'll defer to, if you just want me to do them, that's fine. But if you want to do a couple lightning sounds, you absolutely can for the lightning. What's a round. lightning sound? Just making a noise that sounds like lightning. <laughs> there we go. That was good. I liked something. Okay. You don't see it on, if you're not watching the video, but there was a good hand motion too. Yeah, was, it had a hand gesture. <laughs> yeah, no, that was really good. That was really good. So <laughs> lightning question one, Becca, what was the biggest change you noticed in the author community in 2023? Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is a big one. Yeah. Um, I think more people than ever are starting to feel the saturation of the industry in a way that mm. I think a lot of us who are more objective, like um, who are uh, working and helping authors have seen more and have seen coming. And I think more authors than ever um, are feeling the saturation point in a way that we just hadn't been in the past because the gold rush is over. And mm. now people are starting to really feel that and understand it. Um, And that has some natural outgrowth in terms of the way that authors act in spaces. Um, And I have seen it happen probably more than I even thought was possible at the beginning of 2023. Um, And it has had some dangerous, in in my opinion, um, some dangerous growing pains Because when we recognize that what we thought was going to happen may or may not happen, likely won't happen in the way that we thought it would, Mm -hmm. um, not everyone easily and quickly goes into uh, the, okay, great, how do I grieve this? How do I understand it? How do I keep moving forward in this goal that I have of like being an author for my lifetime? Um, And we get caught more caught in sort of tactical stuff. Um, so my hope in our moving forward in the future is to 
um, provide some more guidance about how to get that. But what about you? What do you what do you think is the most optimistic news, Mr. Positivity for authors in 2023? All right. Uh, most optimistic news in 2023. Going to going to 2020, uh, 20, I almost said 2020 books. Going to the, the final yeah. 20 books, Vegas. There are so many companies that help authors now. There are so many people that their job, their full-time job is to help authors. And when I was first starting, I came in in 2010 with my first book, um, first self-published book. There was nobody. It was a barren wasteland as far as getting help. And the people who were helping you weren't vetted. You, you had no author beware. You had no nothing uh, as far as making sure that you were with reputable people. And and now, like the people who are scam artists, they get called out pretty quickly. And, uh, and then they're gone because they can't get work anymore. And so the people who have been around, who have been... Uh, vetted who, who who have endured they have helped so many authors over the years and it keeps growing and keeps growing and i'm just so optimistic about all the the huge community of authors getting the help they need because of the sheer number of people who are actually helping authors I like that positivity. That's good. Yeah it's in there it's right there number two so yeah um Becca According to the Written Word Media State of Indie Authorship Survey, nearly 80% of authors surveyed said marketing was the most challenging part of being an author. Why do you think many authors struggle with and, and listed marketing as the thing they struggle with? So I'm actually surprised it wasn't higher than 80% just mm-hmm. from a personality perspective. Um, the The number of like direct re- directly responsible for being good at marketing personality traits is very small. Yeah. And uh, they are the most uncommon traits among the larger population of humanity. So not just with writers. Yeah. Um, so it's not surprising to me that most authors find marketing to be challenging from a personality perspective. And also why would we expect to be good at something that we've never done before? Like most of us have never marketed anything before and we wouldn't expect ourselves to be able to speak Japanese off like immediately and never having learned how to do it, never having experienced it before, never having been to Japan before. We would not expect ourselves to do something, but a lot of people feel like they are expected to just be good at marketing because there are people out there who are just good at marketing. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm very much not surprised that it's 80%. I would have assumed it was closer to 90 um, if if it was just like a general group of authors getting surveyed. So yeah, I'm I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> that makes total sense. The the combo, you know, the the I think of video games and and like uh, text based video games when I was a kid, like fantasy stuff. You re-roll your character and you have different different uh, strengths. And that combination is just literally rare. Uh, I had never thought of it that way, but that makes complete sense. Yeah. Um, In that same survey, authors earning between zero and 249 a month had a median of five titles published, while authors earning between 5K and 75K per month had a median of 30 books published. How do you think that might impact authors' resolutions in 2024? 
So the fact that authors earning more per month have, you know, six times as many titles as a median average there uh, in, in, with their income, it, it means that rather than, I mean, there's no shoulds, there's no shoulds allowed this time. Uh, I can't, I, I've tried to not say should anymore because of you, Becca, but um, authors don't necessarily need to say, I'm going to write 10 to catch up next year. I think a lot of it can be establishing better habits that are going to lead to more sustainability over time rather than, oh, I'm going to burn myself out next year. So I never get even close to 30. I think that we need to think of things in terms of fives and tens and 20 years rather than thinking of, can we catch up to 30 all in one year and publish 25 times? It's, it's, it's just a lot. And we, we, we would maybe do ourselves a, a better service by taking good care of ourselves and establishing a stronger process. Yeah, if if I could impart one thing to authors right now in this mm. industry, it is we have to stop playing by gold rush rules. Mm. Seeing a version of five titles to 30 titles and thinking, oh, I got to do this as soon as humanly possible. I got to get to 30 as soon as humanly possible is gold rush rules. That's what happens when the water is blue, there are no sharks in the water, and all of the food is just there to be had. And you want to do it as quickly as humanly possible. But the gold rush has been over for at least four years, if not longer. And we are now fully in the transition into something else. And we need to stop playing by gold rush rules. There is no version of this industry that is going to be helped by us just trying to go faster. Like there's no version of it because now we're so far out of the gold rush that we have to think about this version of the industry we're going to be in for the rest of our lives, which has been disrupted in this way. And now it's going to be a different place for the future. So the reason to try to go quickly is gone. And we need to internalize the fact that we're not missing out on anything. We don't have to publish right now. Um, I think that's part of what drives people to do that so quickly is not understanding that we're playing a different game now than we were playing five years ago. Yeah. Can I just say, I'm so glad you're here, Becca. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is the stuff that, that people need to hear. So, all right. Last question of the lightning round, and then we'll come up with a question of the week together here. What do you do if you're disappointed that you have not done all that you had wanted to here in 2023? Yeah. So people are not going to like my answer Mm. because uh, the things that we need to give up if we're going to do more are often the things that we're using to cope with how painful life is for us. Mm. So things like, it is very easy for me to reach for my phone and get lost on social media all day long and then not have the productivity that I want. And rather than feeling guilty for having done that, because honestly, what else can we do in this day and age when the phone is so accessible and it is often one of the bright spots of our day? And also, if we want to build a different life, we have to acknowledge that what got us here won't get us there. 
and we have to do something different. And for me, I'm such a fan of like, don't change all the things, just do one thing different. And if I could have people do just one thing different, it would be put your phone in the freaking drawer and leave it there as long as you possibly can in the day and give yourself some of your attention back and some of your own control back. And and people are going to not like that because social media is where their friends are. Email is where the work is. But so many of us need to reclaim our time. Um, and if we're disappointed that we're not doing all that we wanted, don't feel guilty that you have done something wrong. Cause a lot of what we're doing is what we have been programmed to do by a company that wants to own our time. So take your time back. Yeah. Many companies that want to own our time, yep. like to steal all the it companies. away. Um, they make like phone lock boxes, with timers and such now, which is always yep. an, an interesting solution. Um, I, I did think about how uh, when you said what what got you here won't get you there. I read a book by that title and and went through it and got to the big what got you here won't get you there. And it was like, be nice to your fellow employees and uh, the your subordinates. Oh. And I'm like, well, dang it. I, that's what got me here. You needed to yeah. tell me something different. Um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, the no, court- it's so true. The core of what I mean when I say what got you here won't yeah. get you there is a lot of us are very comfortable in our coping mechanisms and we're very yeah. comfortable in the reasons that we are not getting what it is that we want. And for some of us, it's all we can do right now. Like we're in a difficult time. We're you know struggling. It's hard. The holidays are hard. Now may not be the time for you to change, but if you're looking at your day and you're looking at your life and you're thinking, you know, I'm too busy, you know, there's too much going on. What the first thing I would try is to put your phone in the drawer and (laughs) see if you can reclaim some of that time first. And then we talk about, we may have to do less stuff. And that's, again, people don't want to hear this, but it's like, what you have been doing is getting you the results that you want. So if you want different results, we have to do something different. So what about yeah. you? What do you do if you're disappointed that you haven't done all you wanted this year? Um. Well, I think that there is a mourning period for me that I, I, I'm allowed to get sad ab- about it, but I do try to uh, go back to gratitude of just all that I have, all that I have done, all the people I've been able to help. And and focusing on that gratitude usually gets me through the doldrums. That's super great positivity, though. Like that's mm-hmm. when we talk about intact skill chains in terms of like how do you cope with something well. Yeah, that's literally textbook use of positivity to because that is where you need to get to is the place where you accept what's happened. Yeah, but positivity has to be able to see that there's a good thing that might come out of it, right? Yeah. 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 I'm I'm excited. I like, I like you you had emailed me about. I I just got in with your wonderful coaching posse uh over at Patreon and so I'm excited to learn more about those chains and all all the things. I like learning. Yeah. I like learning. I I don't remember where learner is <laughs> my top my top 10, but it's it's in I'm there. I'm sure it's high. It, it's yeah, I'm sure it's high for you. But yeah. We need a question of the week Becca. I mean, 
a, a natural question if we didn't want to innovate too much here would be along the lines of what what uh, our listeners thought was a bigger story or the biggest story of 2023. But you are the guest. I defer to you. What would you like to ask our listeners for this episode? Oh, I mean, I would love to know what people are the most excited about for 2024. Ooh, I like, like, I want to like know that. when you think about getting out of bed with excitement for the writing in 2024, like, what just makes you psyched to think about doing that? What are you seeing when you think of that picture? I love it. Okay. What are you most excited about? What makes you psyched to think about? In 2024, it's in there. That's the question. You can go answer yes. that at sellmorebookshow.com or in the comment section of our Sell More Book Show after party uh, post in our Facebook group. Becca, you're with us for our uh, our initial, our first of 2024 show as well. But before we sign off today, uh, thank you for being in this episode, of course. Um, and, uh, where can people find you and all the wonderful things that you're doing? The easiest place is betterfasteracademy.com. Uh, it's all one word, um, betterfasteracademy.com and all of the things that we do will be on that page. (laughs) Awesome. Love it. Well, thank you again, Becca. This was fun. Uh, we went a little over, we might have to be shorter in the next episode. We'll have to see, but, uh, how could I not let you talk? Because so much of what you say is what makes people say, damn it, Becca. But that means that it is also what they need to hear. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been a great week. Yeah, good. Awesome. Well, for Becca Syme, I'm Brian Cohen. Have a great week of book selling, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week for episode 508. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sell More Book Show. Visit the website at www.sellmorebookshow.com for detailed show notes and subscription information, or to send us news or comments for use on the show. Also, please take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening, and happy book selling!